The text this evening is found in Matthew's Gospel, the 24th chapter, verses 1 and 2. And Jesus went out and departed from the temple, and his disciples came to him for to show him the buildings of the temple. And Jesus said unto them, See ye not all these things? Verily I say unto you, there shall not be left here one stone upon another that shall not be thrown down. To the disciples to hear the Lord tell them that the temple that they had just been in would be destroyed was stunning news to them. They were there wanting to show the Lord the buildings of the temple. It was, as history records, a spectacular place. Herod the Great, over 46 years before this visit, had begun the expansion and reconstruction of the temple site. The complex itself was now over, at that time, 35 acres. So you could take Approximately six of the Colosseums in Rome that would be later built and place them in that temple complex area. And in fact, all the buildings of it were of a greater square footage than six of those Colosseums. It was made from massive blocks that were cut so perfectly that when placed on each other, it said that you could not slip a piece of paper between them. Some of those stones weighed over 50 tons. So it was an absolute engineering marvel. The white sandstone used that had been quarried for those stones was polished. All the temple buildings were made of white marble, It said the eastern wall of the temple complex was overlaid with gold. So when the sun came up in the morning, it it gleamed brightly, shined like the sun, and could be seen for miles. So you can imagine uh, the difficulty that the disciples had hearing that it would be destroyed. It was something that they would have struggled to believe. They would have a hard time grasping. When it comes to predictions, forecast, the foretelling of the future, we only tend to act really upon those things that we deem to be of a, a credible source. We only act if we really believe them. And two and a half weeks ago, we were told to expect freezing rain and snow here in the Portland area. 
thought about that, how not too many years ago, we would have, I believe, been a bit more skeptical. We would have, I think, taken a more wait-and-see approach because we have heard predictions like that before. Forecasts like that. One time, I remember, they closed all the schools because they had predicted a similar event, only to have nothing happen. Well, then when they predicted it again, the school system thought they, they wouldn't be fooled again, so they remained open, and then it in fact happened, and there were many students stuck at the schools. But technology has gotten to the point, especially with weather forecasting, where we put much greater confidence in it because we deem that source to be a good source. And so this time when it was predicted, for the most part, certainly everybody I knew took the proper precautions because they believed it and they acted accordingly. What about more serious predictions? Maybe the end of civilization. Well, that, that should be something that gets our attention. Seems like every new year out will come some new predictions. This past week I read an article that said that the, I believe it was on the second, the day after the new year, uh, that 60 Minutes had a biologist, a Paul Ehrlich, on their program, and he predicted a, a mass extinction. He said, because humanity is no longer sustainable as a species due to our increasingly high population. He said, in order for us to sustain our current way of life, he said we would need five more Earths. Well, before you get too excited about that, you should know that he first made a similar prediction like this back in 1968, when he said that within the next decade we would become extinct. Well, his Predictions lack credibility. So no matter how alarmed he is, nobody else is. Because they do not believe the source. But as unbelievable as that message the Lord gave to his disciples was that the temple would be totally destroyed... They had to stop and consider it because of the source. Jesus was the one that they were with that stepped up to a tomb and told the people to roll it away and then said to a man who had been dead for four days, Lazarus, come forth. And they watched as Lazarus 
came walking out of that tomb still bound in his grave clothes. Peter had to consider this is the one that when I was embarrassed at the temple because I was asked if my master pays the temple tax, he told me to go down by the sea, put a hook on a line, cast it in when a fish comes up, You open its mouth, you take the money, and you go pay that tax for you and for me. That's a source they had to consider. All of them, no doubt, remembered the night. They were sure they were going to perish. And this one, this Jesus, in the midst of the terrible storm, on the Sea of Galilee, was able to stand there in the midst and say, peace be still. And there was a a great calm. You see, they believed this message concerning the destruction of the temple because they believed the source. It's apparent even so that it took them a little time to digest it from the temple to the Mount of Olives is over a 30-minute walk. Verse 3 says, after the Lord gave that prediction, he says, and as he sat upon the Mount of Olives, the disciples came unto him privately, saying, Tell us, when shall these things be? And what shall be the sign of thy coming and of the end of the world or the end of the age? You see, it was obvious for them that when they heard about the destruction of the temple, they could only uh, apply it to their understanding. They could only think the only way this is going to be destroyed is if some cataclysmic event happens. Maybe this will be at the end of everything. So, Lord, tell us, when will that time be? When are you going to return? What's going to be the end of the age? Well, verses 4 through 24, they catalog the signs that the Lord gave them that would occur, signs that that they could observe and then know and understand when he would return. The temple itself, of course, we know was destroyed by Titus in 70 AD. Some of those disciples would have still been alive at that time to see that prediction come true. But then in the signs the Lord shared with them, He began by warning them that many would come in his name and would deceive many. Well, that was something that they witnessed in their time. And we still witness today. Many come claiming they're the Messiah, claiming they're the Lord. And they deceive many. 
He told them that there would be wars and rumors of wars. And, and that's interesting because you see at this time, this was one of the relative few times in history that there was peace throughout the known world. Many believe it was something that God did in order for the, the word of God to uh, be able to be spread throughout the world at that time. But within a decade or so after giving this prophecy, this prediction, there were wars and rumors of wars. And those continue to this day. In verse 7, he spoke of famines and pestilences and earthquakes. Well, today there's at least four countries that are having famine. And it is believed there's 49 more countries that are on the brink of it. Pestilences, there are still COVID, variants of it. There's been an outbreak of measles in many countries. There's four countries that are experiencing severe infestation of locust. Seems like the earthquakes, they grow more and more every year. In 2022, there were over 15,000. 128 of those were 6.0 or higher on the Richter scale. In verse 9, he warned them of persecutions. It was reported that 360 million Christians experienced high levels of persecution in the year 2022. Verse 11, the Lord told them that many false prophets shall arise and shall deceive many. There are so many false prophets today that even in some evangelical churches and Christian organizations, there has come a recent debate whether or not God has restored the office of the prophets. And that's so sad. Rather than to believe the word of God, many have flocked to these false prophets. Even when our Lord has recorded in Luke 16, verse 16, that the law and the prophets were until John, referring to John the Baptist. He said, since that time, the kingdom of God is preached. They're false prophets. They're claiming to do the work of God, but they're deceiving many. And these are just some of the signs. Well, if you were to really stop and consider the signs that the Lord gave to his disciples, you would 
have strong basis to predict that the Lord is going to come in 2023. You would. We don't know of any that need to yet be fulfilled in order for the Lord to return. Of course, verse 36 in this chapter reminds us that of that day and hour knoweth no man, no, not the angels of heaven. He said, but my father only. We can understand that it's, it's only by the grace and the mercy and the love of God that he, he has his son tarry so that people, many people here tonight would have that opportunity to get saved. Because even though we don't know that day or hour, we believe that coming is very soon. Very soon. I thought about how when Lewis and Clark and the Corps of Discovery made their expedition across our country due to the Louisiana Purchase. There were no maps. The only information they had was sketchy at best. Their, their best source was at that time the Native Americans that tried to share what they knew about the land. So they had no idea how long it would take. They, at that time, were still looking for what they called the Northwest Passage. But they were determined to make it to the Pacific Ocean. Well, they eventually, in 1805, made it over the Rocky Mountains. And the day came when they got to the Columbia River. Uh, They were still unsure. They thought there's a good chance that this river, based on what we've been told, will will flow all the way to the to the Pacific Ocean. But it wasn't until they saw signs. The first one being Mount Hood. Of course, they were looking to the west, so they were east of it. They saw it, and it had been discovered, in a sense, 13 years before that. Enough of a description was given. They thought, that's Mount Hood. We must be getting close. A few days after that, they saw seagulls. Oh, that's that's a sure sign. We're within at least a couple hundred miles. We have to be. Days go by. They're drinking water from the Columbia, and now it begins to have the taste of salt. You see, these were signs. These signs were indicating to them that that they were getting close. They were getting close to the the source that they were looking for, the Pacific Ocean. Finally, seaweed. And then they could feel the tide affecting the Columbia River. And they eventually made it. But they knew that they were close because of the sign they had experienced. They understood what those signs meant. We need to understand the signs the Lord has given us. Tell us that His coming is imminent. Verse 37. 
But do we believe the source? You see, you have to believe the source. You have to believe the the words that the Lord spoke and the signs that he gave are for you and me. It's for this generation. He wants everyone in this place. He wants those listening over the live webcast, anyone that will hear the message, to believe in his word and to understand that the opportunity is now. We have to believe the source. We have to understand that all of those signs are are there just like Lewis and Clark. We believe at any moment we could be standing in the presence of the Lord, in the rapture. That's a wonderful hope when you're ready. And if you're not, you're going to have an opportunity to take care of that here tonight. You know, the Lord himself had the final words to say concerning his return. In Revelation 22:20, he said, surely I come quickly. The Lord's going to come quickly. It's going to be in a blink of an eye. And the dead in Christ are going to rise first. And those that have made their preparations, those that have taken the time, taken advantage of the opportunity to pray and to know that they're ready, they're going to go up in the air. They're going to meet those. And they're going to forever be with the Lord. Are you ready tonight? The signs are all there. The Lord's coming soon. Take this opportunity to pray. Uh, You can have that peace in your heart, that assurance that when that event happens, you're ready. The song's 526 and the altars of prayer are open.